Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, Brandon. Got a question for you. Uh, what's up, bro? So... Is Alex technically a guest or did we decide to bring him back full time? Why didn't you bring that up at the last board meeting? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Track in the Storm podcast. The band is back together. We are all sitting here on a Zoom call together for the first time in a couple of months. So, Alex O'Hari, welcome back, brother. We're glad to have you back on the show. Matt's here, Good too, to be obviously. back, boys. Good to be back. <laughs> welcome back. Like, actually, I, I, I'm just handing yeah, it up for you, the are audience. You sure? Are you sure? Because I, I can always leave again. <laughs> hey, he's not feeling the love upon his uh, initial... I know. Opinion. Seriously, Matt's man. Like already I, trying to rag I, I, on him. I, I put out a tweet, you know, trying to hype up uh, the boys back together here. And I'm initially getting bullied, you know. You I guys, gave it a retweet. Not even wasting any time making me feel... Uh, Making me feel like I don't belong anymore. <laughs> Come on, Matt. Oh, love that. Um, so tonight <laughs> we are actually largely going to focus. We are, we are a little bit less than two weeks away from the NHL's trading deadline. Uh, we did post on Twitter and asked you guys to send in some of your trade proposals. So we're going to have some fun with those. We're going to talk about the Hurricanes needs and what we actually see them doing. Um just a little hint it's not a lot uh yeah (laughs) um but first we got hockey to talk about don't we um the hurricanes are actually on you know i found this kind of funny we kept talking about this like super busy upcoming stretch of games and stuff and the last time the hurricanes had like a multiple day break somebody for some reason i thought it was like the last time they were gonna have one until april and it was literally like an every other game every other day kind of thing but since I thought that, they've had two, like, three or four-day breaks. So, obviously, I don't know shit about what the Hurricanes are doing with the schedule. Because, um, <laughs> like, I, I was looking yesterday for a game, expecting them to play. They weren't playing. So, I was like, okay, I guess they play tomorrow night, Wednesday night. We got to record the podcast. Oh, no, they're not playing tonight either. Uh, whatever, man. Know, like, do they not play any, any weekday games anymore? It's, I feel I, like they only play on the weekend. No, we're on yeah. a very AHL-like schedule right now. And, yeah, and look, next week we're getting another one. They play on Sunday against the Penguins. Don't play again until Thursday. I mean, that's kind of yeah, nice, though. Sucks. I don't know. I hate it. I hate it. It gives it gives like guys like Smith and D'Angelo and uh, you know Anderson. guys like that to get back healthy. Anderson's back at practice. Although they did say it was only going to be like a very brief injury for him. Yeah. 
But honestly, like the Penguins game was awesome. I think we're getting some of the best hockey of the season from Jordan Stahl. And that line in general has been really good. Um, and yeah, that's really all I have to say about those games. I know we're going to spend more of our time on trade deadline stuff. So I want to keep that short. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Stahl, like, as you mentioned, he literally went from not scoring the entire season to scoring like six in a two week span. I know. You got, is, is it sustainable? No, but I think it's going to find a, you know, medium, you know, it's not going to, I hope he's just going to settle in somewhere where he's not quite as thick, but as he was early in the year, and he's probably not going to score, you know, six goals every eight games, whatever it has been. But he's been playing great hockey. That line has been fantastic. Um, yeah, they have he been. has 10 points in 13 games or something like that. Yep. Yeah, because he had 10 points in the first four. I was going to say, he probably had 10 games in the entire season before this run he got on. Yeah, he, he had 10 points in the first 40 games, and now he's sitting at like 20 – or it might have been 11, 10 or 11. And now he's sitting at 21 and 55, whatever it is. Not too um, bad. But, yeah, that, that line with him – and this kind of can be used as a segue because it kind of goes into what we're going to be talking about. But, it, you know, when we're talking about – who the Hurricanes might trade for. And, and I'm actually doing a piece right now on the hockey writers, which is why it's kind of on my mind. It's like there are some holes that you theoretically could see them looking to upgrade in the forward core. But like the last couple of weeks, I think it's been even kind of harder to, you know, visualize because A, the cap space is an issue. They only have a million dollars in the prorated, you know, uh, deadline cap space. And B, you don't want to mess up the chemistry right now. I don't think, you know, I love mm-hmm. SAT. I don't, I mean, I've always yeah. heard of them. They've been fantastic. I think Brenda Moore is probably going to stick with them for now. We'll see. Um, and then that third line has been the second best line on the hurricanes to me. And then obviously you got four, you know, viable players for your fourth line. You've got Kokaniemi, you've got Stepan, you've got Martin Oak, you've got Lawrence. Um, yeah, but I, the I, problem we keep having is, is that Martin Oak keeps playing top six minutes. It's, you, you say we have four viable guys for the for the fourth line, but when one of those guys is consistently getting top six minutes ahead of other guys like Natchez and Jarvis at this point, and even Kotkaniemi, who you can realistically easily slot in that second line role, um, I think you have a bit of a problem there. I mean, we know how much Rod loves uh, Martinuk. We know he likes to overslot him. We know he trusts him in all situations, but I, I definitely think if, you're having trouble finding a guy that you want to consistently fit in that top six role. I, I do think maybe looking for a winger on the market um, does make some sense. You know, a guy like Hagel, I have a few other options in mind that I haven't really seen mentioned at all, but I, I, we, I just, we all know very well that top six Martin Nook isn't going to work in the playoffs. It's, it hasn't worked ever. It's not working now. And that, I think that is definitely an issue you're going to have to address because you want him on your fourth line. And you're going to want a guy who is good enough to play at that level, especially when the games are getting really important. Yeah. And, and that's actually something I talked about in this piece a good bit. Um, I've just wrapped up the forward section literally right before we jumped on here. So again, this all, stuff's all very fresh on my mind. Um, and Brandon Hagel was the guy that we were talking about there. He's really, I mean, only $1.5 million cap hit for the next two years as well. So that kind of checks off another box for Don Waddell. He's not at rental. He's got, I, I couldn't could believe years. he has 18 goals this year. Yeah, he's, he's really a guy. Goals. He's got yeah, some yeah. of the best underlying numbers in the entire league. Like his advanced metrics are excellent. Yeah, Twenty three years like, old. I I didn't really know like a ton about him, which because he's he's not a guy that's really mentioned very often. But when I looked up his stats, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, man, this 
this guy, this kid seems like a sneaky, sneaky good pickup. Yeah, excellent year. He's and he plays very good on the penalty kill, and he's would slide onto the second power play unit very, very well because he's been doing both special teams units in Chicago and performing very well um, by both the counting stats and the advanced stats um, for the Blackhawks. Seems but to be a pretty popular player in the uh, Hurricanes fan base too. Like just he does at the trade proposal list here. I, he's he's in about four or five mock trades that we got from fans. It's like he's. He's the new, uh, he's the new Duchesne. You know what I mean? Everybody make fun of Alex for <laughs> telling on himself Duchesne, for not watching Jack the <laughs> Alex has not been listening to the podcast. Everybody clown him because he just told on himself. Damn. <laughs> we've been know, talking about a... Hagel for weeks here. Cause, and, and at no, first I mean... was just like, he has been, we, we've been doing, uh, you know, mock trades, our armchair GM of the week. It's a segment we've been doing every week and we've been talking trash about a lot of the bad proposals. And, I still think a lot of those proposals were very, very overboard for what they want for Brandon Hagel. But mm-hmm. uh, like I said, the player has grown on me. I think he would fit really well. He checks off a lot of boxes for what the Hurricanes could use, and he's an asset for the future as well. So let me float this out and tell me how this sounds to you guys before we get into the mock trade proposals. What if the Hurricanes move out one of their excess fourth line forwards? I think more than likely we're looking at either Lawrence, Stepan, or Martinuk. One of those three guys. And in return, we bring up Jack Drury and don't upgrade up forward. And instead, use that extra cap space on defense. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be idea. much. It's not going to be like a ton of extra room, I don't think. But I still think that it's going to be a lot more than what we could have gotten. Well, what's Martin Oak making? Like around $2 million? And Martin Oak's also been playing like the best hockey of his Hurricanes career lately. Let's, uh, I think it's fair and to put that out there. Somebody did mm-hmm. bring up his points as uh yeah i mean he just contributes nothing offensively yeah he's very good on the pk and very good defensively but it's like jack drury can do the same things yeah, and, and the be just have as a lot good of guys who can kill penalties jack drury can if do you're all keeping that around, if you're keeping <laughs> Nook around just to be a penalty killer it's i mean he's they're better off having that cap space well, I don't yeah. think he's just a penalty killer. I think he's also a key part of them establishing their identity on the four check. And he's, he's an energy player. Like that's, I know that's almost like a cliche at this point, but like he does bring momentum to the group and, and leads in a way on the ice. He no, does. He definitely does. You do need those types of players though. Yeah. But like, I think not playing with your, not playing with your skill guys. Exactly. I can agree I was... with that. And, and that's, a, that's another thing about this. It's like, Adding somebody that can play in your top six like Hagel or, you know, Arturi Lekkinen or somebody like that allows you to give Jarvis a day off once in a while. And then it doesn't put Martin Oak in your top six. You know what I mean? And and Jarvis has had a little bit of a wall. Like it's uh, certainly not anything to sound the alarm about. We've talked about this a little bit on the show. Um, but I don't know. There's just a lot of things to take into consideration when talking about a potential trade here, especially with the cap space and everything else we've already you know mentioned. Yeah. You know, one, so, one guy I'd like to suggest to you guys is actually, you know, it's a player I know really well, Nick Paul from the Senators. He's got a $1.35 million cap hit. He's an impending unrestricted free agent. Um, I think he would be a really nice fit uh, based off 
the way the Hurricanes play, I mean, he's not tech. He's he's not the fastest guy, but he's got enough pace that he would fit in well with the Hurricanes' up tempo system. He's a very big guy. He's six four, about two twenty five. Um, ideally, he's probably a middle six fit. But if you're talking about a guy who you want to trust, maybe to have some top six minutes in you know kind of a plug and play situation, he's definitely an upgrade on Martin. Um, very good along the wall. He's a strong body. He's a fan favorite in Ottawa. Um, I know the city wants to see him resign, but I'm just, I'm not sure it's going to happen because he's probably due for a pretty sizable raise in the summer. And he only has, I think 18 points, about 10 goals, uh, 55 games this season. He, he doesn't play with Ottawa's top skill guys though. He plays mostly in the bottom six, but very good penalty killer, very good for the identity of a team. And I think he's a guy that Rod Brindamore would love. Um, and I do consider him to be quite a sizable upgrade on, you know, the, the Stephons, the Martin Nooks, and those guys of the world right now. I, I think he'd be a great fit, and you're probably looking at second or third round pick to get him. See, that's the thing. Like, that's exactly where I was going to go with this. Is I think you're now getting into the territory of, like, the Hurricanes aren't going to make a move just to make one. And I, I, I yes, it probably would be a, a legitimate upgrade over a guy like Martin Nook, but... A, they I, they need a defensive upgrade more, which is where I was kind of thinking. We I agree. Play. I agree. And B, I, I don't know about giving up an asset like a second or a third round pick, especially when you're already down a first round pick this year. I just, I, I would be very hesitant to make a deal like that. I like Paul too. And I, again, I think that would be a good, um, he'd be a good, decent upgrade that would help the team. But I just don't think they're going to make a move like that, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's on the cheap. That's why I suggest him because, you know, for 1.35 cap hit, it's, it's you don't right. need a miracle to fit him in. Um, and I, I do think he would bring he'd bring a lot to this group. I think he'd be a very nice fit. But, yeah, I'm with you where I think they do need to upgrade the defense first, um, yeah. especially with, you know, Ian Cole, the penalty troubles and stuff he's had, and maybe Ethan Bear not quite fitting in the inj- injury to TDA. You know, I, I do think that defense is definitely the route they should go. Um, well, as we can talk, we can parlay into that next. Yeah, the the defenseman that I think I would keep an eye on if I were the Hurricanes, um, and this is somebody uh, I had honestly no idea he was available, um, but Tony Androkaitis, I think is how you pronounce his last name, um, who is, you know, the head guy at Inside AHL Hockey, has been reporting that, you know, the Panthers are very interested in Justin Braun. And I think he would be a great fit for the Hurricanes because, again, he he fills that need on the right defense, both as, you know, a veteran presence and as a guy who can play that heavy style of hockey that we want the Ian Cole and, you know, like guys like that to play. So he's making $1.8 million this year. And then he's a free agent. He's 35. So, you know, probably going to be a rental type, which, you know, the Canes have kind of shown that they're not like super into those types of players, but his cap hit would work. So I think the Canes at least explore that option. I don't hate that. Yeah. That's the, I mean, I think, I think it's one of those things where if you can get him for like a third and then, you know, or even like the third and a fourth, I think would still be perfectly fine. I think you do that or at least explore or entertain the option if you're the Canes. Yeah, I, I don't hate that at all. There's just the one thing I would say is, do you think that would make the third pairing a little too one-dimensional? 
Yeah, but if you if you have, you know, you've got the first pairing, which, you know, Slavin and D'Angelo's kind of a decent mix. Well, it's pretty polar opposite, right? And then you've got Pesci and Shea, I which I think has pairing. been a great. I, I, yeah, so do I. I really do, too. Like, he brings Slavin down to me. That's he just does, me, but... but, you know. At five on five, it's an awful pairing. Like, the... Let's call yeah. it for a spade here. It's it it it's definitely a big step down from Slavin and Dougie last year. Slavin um, and Bear is better to to me. Yeah. I'm just yeah, it, it I agree. But what I'm getting at is if you have a rotation on the back end of Cole, Bear, and Braun, it's better than Cole, Bear, and Smith. Oh, definitely. And yeah. so I think But you know plus, Bear's like gonna not play at that point. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I think I think it's again at least worth exploring, which is all I'm getting at. Is I think it would make you know us have a legitimate shutdown pairing, which the Canes need. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I have shifted on, and and I don't really think we're gonna get any of these guys. But I've shifted on who the defenseman that I would like most want. I think, or at least a little bit. You know, it's probably still Chikrin, um, but. I like Hampus Lindholm a lot. Yeah, if we can make that work in the cap, that'd right, be awesome. Right, exactly, exactly. And yeah. the cap's a problem. But he's he's right around where Chickren is, if I'm not mistaken. They're about the same, 5.2. So he's, he's a little about a half million dollars more. Um, But how the hell were they ever going to make Chickren work in the first place? Shay? Anyway, I just think Lindholm would, like, move up and he could be the first pairing defenseman alongside Slavin, and that's your shutdown pairing right there because Lindholm's really good defensively. Can you play the right side? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, speaking of Anaheim defensemen, we talk about him every year, but I, I still think Josh Manson makes some sense as well if you're going to go down that route. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't really understand why Josh Manson is ranked fifth on this list and Hampus Lindholm's 14th, and then Tomas Hurdle and Brock Besser are 15 and 16. Because uh, it's I, going I think, to cost a lot more to get those two guys, and no team is going to want to do that because yeah, Vegas is already. I think, I think the list one. is supposed to be of like likelihood to be moved. Yeah, it's probably likely. I'm not totally sure. Like it's, it's you're, you're right. A lot of these rankings like really make you shake your head. Yeah. Also, Ricard Raquel. I mean, he's almost four million dollars again, but. God, I, I still think he'd be such a nice little fit. Slot him in on that second line, let Nietzsche speed him passes all the time. Yeah. Tracking the Storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So before we go any further, we are going to take a second and get a quick word from DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with 30 dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and older minimum age requirement. Restrictions apply. See the show notes on whatever platform you listen to our podcast for important details. And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. 
All right. So let's get into some of the trade proposals that we got. Uh, we've got a limited amount of time tonight, so I, I don't want to cover all of them. Uh, Starlo, I'm sorry. I'm not going to mention your uh, trade for Lion A because I know that was a joke and I gave you a warning shot with the rock. <laughs> so the first one is from RB underscore Kaniac. It's Brandon Hagel for either a 2023 first and Vili Koivinen or a second in this year's draft and Ryan Suzuki. I'd do both those. It seems like a lot to me, man. Maybe the Koivinen trade, I'd be a little yeah, more. Yeah, I don't know. But... I, I think I would be more inclined to do the Suzuki one. Me too. If I had, if I had my choice of them. But I think for Hagel, man, I don't know. It seems like a lot to me. You guys want my piece? You didn't see the one on the ones that we were doing on the armchair GMs of the week, bro. Those were like Suzuki. Those were, first, those were so bad. They were they were a lot, bro. Lord, I think it was like Suzuki, Lord, Lord, Lord. Drury, and two picks. Yeah, <laughs> something crazy like that. And I think mm. Derek Stepan was involved. <laughs> um, so my issue with both of these is Brandon Hagel has been getting a lot of playing time with the top players on the Hawks this season. So it could very much kind of be almost like a Michael Furlan scenario where he's really good when he's playing with the top players and then not really worth it when he's not playing with those guys. Yeah, and you know what? Cuba Leak from Chicago is a pretty good kind of uh, example of that, where a couple of years ago he came over. Um, I forget where he came from, the Swiss League? or uh, He was in the Czech League, and he was yeah, lighting the, the world on fire here. Yeah, you remember he came His over, he scored year. 30 goals, and we're all like, okay, wow, this kid might be something. And now uh, he's on the trade bay board. He's got 11 goals in 58 games this year, you know? So is Hagel really a guy who is, is like capable of sustaining this, level, uh, sustaining this level of production? Or is he kind of a product of playing with the elite talent that's around him? So you bring up a very good point, Matt, where, you know, if he's not playing with the top guys in Carolina, which I think we can assume that maybe he won't, um, what are you really going to get from him? And is that production that you're going to get from him worth parting with a package of a first round pick and one of your top prospects for? And I, I'm not sure I would take that chance. Um, first off, evolving hockey's goals above replacement metric. He's seventh in the league behind one spot behind this guy named Connor McDavid. First of all, which decent. Okay. Yeah, okay, it seems decent. Um, second of all, the fit, I just think he fits very, very well because he's extremely fast. He's a very, very good skater, and he's a super high motor. So even if he's playing your bottom six, he plays the kind of game where he's he's a very, very hard worker, just high compete level kid like a Jamison Reese, like a you know like a Jordan Martinook or a lot of these guys, except for he has a little bit more skill. Um, and you know, it's, it's something we were kind of talking about earlier. He can play pretty much anywhere in the lineup, and he's a guy that, to your point if they want to move Jarvis down the lineup or they want to leave, keep Jarvis with Kokanemi on the fourth line and shelter him a little bit, then Hagel can be that guy that plays on the second line with Trocek and Natchez. And I think that's a really good line. I think it could work very well. I think he could score a lot of goals playing with those two guys. But um, I understand your concerns. I, I just, I, the more I've read up about him and I've watched some of his mostly highlights, but you can only glean so much from that in fairness, but I, I like the player. That's all I'm saying. Here's why I'd be for it, and then I'll give why I'd be against it. <laughs> okay. 
Hagel fits into our middle six and is under contract for two more years, which is why I think, you know, yeah. And it's a very affordable contract. Absolutely. So even if he ends up being more of a fourth line player for us, at least we're not paying him $6.1 million to be a fourth line forward, <laughs> right. for instance. Granted, I know that's, that's why we're in this table to begin with. This, that's like the downside of Kokaniemi. It's yeah. like, I'm glad we got him. That was the price it took to get him out of Montreal, but we're kind of paying the price right now at the deadline. <laughs> and he's, he's on pace to set a career high in goals and potentially points. So I'm cool with it. You know, yeah. I think, so that's like, you know, you have the opportunity. I think he helps you. Like you have the opportunity to get better with that. The problem is, man, just giving up another top pick in this draft, which means like if, if for the Suzuki deal, you're giving up your best forward prospect, arguably, and you're giving up your top pick in this year's draft, which means you're not going to be picking until the late 80s or 90s or early 90s barring some other movement yeah and on the flip side if you trade coven and you're trading one of your highest upside picks away i I think it's too early to consider trading coven and that's just me me too and you're also ensuring that you will not have a first round pick for the second technically third draft in a row in an excellent draft yeah i mean you know, it is a great draft and there's going to be depth to be found and gems, but that's the case with any draft. Like you can find gems in the later parts of the draft. It's just first round picks mean you're a little more likely to. And that's why I think, you know, you, you can use your first round pick on players better than Brandon Hagel. Right. In my opinion. So I think that's kind of why I'm, I'm against it. Sometimes you use it on players worse though. Hey, Julian Gocha, Jake Bean. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I'm saying like in trades. Right. Okay, yeah, that's first yeah, round yeah, pick yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It, it seems like a first-round pick is almost a going rate for these guys. You know, like Barkley. It, it always like is Blake leading Coleman. up to the deadline. Yeah. And then I feel like certain players, it kind of cools off and teams just get what they can. Yeah. I will say, though, like you guys remember when Ryan Hartman fetched over first, a first-round yeah. pick? First, what was it, a first and a fourth? Isn't he having like a huge season? I don't know, but he was dog water for Nashville. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess that's my point is, you know, just it's very much. He's got 23 goals and 41 points this year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's insane. That'd be like third on the Hurricanes or maybe fourth because Terrible has been so hot lately. But like, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, be smart. And I think the Canes will. Actually, I know they will. And I trust them to be smart. Exactly. So that's the take. I think kind of we're like, if it happens, we're at peace with it. But, you know. All right. The next trade proposal we have here, let me pull up the mentions again. Sorry. Is, oh, God. Okay. Don't love Chirot, but Carolina's second in this year's draft, Chicago's third and Suzuki for Ben Sherratt and Arturi Lekin and both at 50% salary retained. Jesus. All right. I do like Lekinen. I do too. Yeah. Big fan of him. But is he worth a second, a third Ryan Suzuki 
and the fact that you now have to play a useless defenseman. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I was going to I was going to chime in and say, you know, Ben Sherratt stinks. Uh, I've seen him play enough times against Ottawa that I don't think he's going to bring anything of value to this group. I would almost prefer to see Brendan Smith out there just because he's a known commodity and he's been with the group the entire year. Um so I got I got I to say no on this one. I'm a big fan of Lekkonen, but I think a second, a third, and Suzuki is quite a bit to give up for him. I mean, he is a restricted free agent, so he would be <laughs> in team control beyond this year. Um, yeah, but he's a bottom six forward. You know, he, he and if he's a center, you already have a former Canadian bottom six center right now. Well, I think he's more of a winger. You know, I I, I do think he's had more success in his career on the wing. Um, but he's never really been able to, to sustain any kind of offensive production in the NHL. I know his first year he scored at over a 20 goal pace and he kind of just plateaued offensively after that. He's a guy who's kind of like, he's almost like, um, any player to come out of Montreal. Well, I, he's a guy, he, he's kind of like Yanmark. I, I guess Yanmark would be a fine example where he gets, all kinds of breakaways every game and just can't finish. You know, he, he gets a lot of chances, but he can't convert them. So is that worth giving up? Arguably, like you said, your top offensive prospect and two big picks in this year's draft for, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm probably going to say no on that. I think the hurricanes would be more likely to trade like one quality pick than to trade like a multitude of good picks, you know, what and I mean? a prospect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I, I feel like that because they've already kind of traded away or like lost some picks with Kokaniemi, like, and plus how much money they make in the second and third rounds, like they're really, really good in that area. I think they'd be more inclined to trade like one second, one first, even before they trade like a second and a third and like a bunch of picks. That's just me, but yeah, I yeah, probably wouldn't do that. That either. makes sense. No, I totally agree. I think we're all pretty much in agreement here. So I'm just gonna move on to the next trade. This one's more of a question from the storm seller. It says, what's the cost for Chikrin to the Canes? And I mean, you were saying like, they said it was an Eichel level package is what Arizona is asking for. So for the Canes, it probably starts with Martin Natchez. Yep. Yeah. And that's when I say, no, thanks and move on. Cause you're digging a hole and filling another one on your team. Yeah, exactly. And that's fair. That's what I saw too, is like, a young, good roster player, which Martin Nitsch is exactly. Um, a top prospect, too. So, what, Ryan Suzuki, Billy Koivinen, and, and a first-round pick, I believe. And that's yeah. that package is tough. The next trade is from Matthew at Epic Lowell. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this trade, and the, the Lowell fits right in, you know? It's Stepan Smith and a 2023 second for Giroux. This is one I think the Canes accept in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. Philly does not say yes to. Yeah, what what are they even getting? Step on what in a second? You're basically Myth. you're getting you're getting a second, <laughs> and you're you're bringing on a step on and Smith probably to make the money work. I didn't, you're the I didn't look into the cap. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't look into the cap. Uh, the it cap would be to make. I think it would be but... to make the money work. And yeah, I think. Claude Giroux, if traded, and I don't think he's going to get traded at this deadline. I'm very prepared to be wrong, but I just, I can't see Philly doing this. He's getting, he's the one player I think 
if traded at this deadline will be justified if you trade a first round pick for him. Yeah. I was going to say, could you imagine the Flyers uh, fan base reaction if that is the deal they got for Claude Giroux? <laughs> oh my God, God no. dude. There would be a I riot think, in the Philadelphia I think the city streets. of Philadelphia yes. would be on fire. It would be oh, yeah, it would be itself, bad, literally. man. It would be bad. Who needs yeah. Putin and nukes? You just, like, let that trade go through, and that city will destroy <laughs> yeah. itself. Yeah, just trade the Claude Giroux for <laughs> Brendan Smith and a, and a mid-round pick. Good to go. So I think we're, I think we're in agreement on that one. So here's – We all have three, th- three thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. Oh, God. How much money is he making? Okay, sorry. I just looked up his cap friendly. Okay, so it's a trade between us and the Winnipeg Jets. It's Neil Pionk for Ryan Suzuki, our uh, Chicago's third in this year's draft, and Anthony Honka. Hmm. This is one I think Winnipeg says no to. And again, if the Canes, the Canes have to move out some salary to make this work. I don't hate Neil Pionk as a player. He's got 26 points in 52 games, and I think he plays, you know, a fairly solid game. It's just that's not enough for a player who has three years left on his contract at the end of this year. Also, knowing Tom Dundon, he's not going to want to pay the six point five, seven point five, and six million that he's owed in the next. Yeah, three years. that's that's that's. I think that's a little too rich for me. Yeah. So what Pionk is as a player. I don't know. His cap hits just under 6 million. And here's the thing is the jets are currently, I don't know. You know, let me, you know, I don't hate it. I actually, I don't don't hate hate it either. I mean, you know, but the jets are currently, holy crap. They are like comfortably seven points out of a playoff spot right now. Yeah. I was going to say, aren't they terrible? They're 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10. They've really just had a rough go of things lately. Um, they'd have to... So currently, teams in the West with more points for them, than them that are out of a playoff spot are the Canucks, Ducks, and Oilers. And then the Stars and Predators have the wild card spots with 67 and 68 points, respectively. So... Chances are the Jets won't be a playoff team this year, but I don't know if you trade a 26-year-old defenseman on that team. Yeah, like Winnipeg's biggest problem has been their defense as a whole. Um, So I'm not really sure why they would look to trade him. And if they do, I'm not sure how the package of Suzuki, a third-round pick, and Honka really helps them fix their biggest needs, which is like their defense. You know, you're moving out one of your better defensemen and bringing in more of an offensive package. I mean, yes, Anthony Honka plays defense, but we can use defense in air quotes almost, you know? So, and, and uh, I mean, they also, they have Cole Perfetti. He's probably their best prospect and, you know, more than likely an NHL player. But man, other than that, I just, they don't have really any good prospects. I'm just kind of like taking a look at everything right now, just to kind of see, you know, what the Jets like depth chart looks like. They've got Chaz Lucius, uh, Chibrikov, and that's really it. 
I think Heinola just graduated to an NHLer full time, which is oh, true. Okay, I didn't so, see and, there, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Veselainen as well, but he's been you know terrible. So and, and so it's just again one of those things where the Canes absolutely say yes to this trade if they can make the money work. But yeah, I agree. Anything else, Brandon? Nope, you guys covered it. <laughs> All right. Next one. All right, this one's complicated. This is a three-team three trade from Cam at Bass oh, yeah. 8151. Yeah. So. This one's pretty good. Good Lord. Yeah, this okay. one's pretty good. So the Canes get Jacob Chikrin, Brandon Hagel, a seventh-round pick. Which, why? Thank you. Needed that. And Andrew Shaw's LTIR, which, again, I don't understand, but sure. Maybe to make the money work. I don't know. From And I'm just going to list what the Canes give up in this trade instead of what Arizona gives up, if that's cool with you guys. Yeah. Um, Arizona gets Ryan Suzuki, Brady Shea, Chicago's third, our second in next year's draft, and Jordan Martinuk returning to Arizona. <laughs> the Hawks get the Canes' 2022 second round pick, Dominic Bach, Jack LaFontaine, and a sixth round pick. So essentially, this is two trades. The Canes get Jacob Chikrin for Suzuki Shea. A third, a second, and Martinuk. And then the Kane or and then the Canes get Brandon Hagel from Chicago for a second, Dominic Bach, Jack LaFontaine, and a sixth. Well, you know, like Cam said, um, that seventh rounder is the most important piece. Oh, right. They Deal get a breaker without pick. it. Deal I don't know who the team is that gives us the seventh. Oh you know, man, that's that's a so lot much, of futures. So to give much up. to take in there and I just I don't I know, looking at looking looking at the package. I don't I don't think the Coyotes go for that honestly. Considering what's been rumored that they want, I I don't see how they go for that. Like how with the Black how would they be what satisfied they with getting Suzuki Bach? and Shea? Yeah, I the don't, Hawks I don't are essentially getting a second round pick and maybe something in Jack Lafontaine, <laughs> right? <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> for Brandon Hagel. Um, Oh, in a six. Sorry, he's gonna be. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's a like, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. I, they're gonna I, get they're gonna get a decent package if they end up trading Hagel, which they have no reason to. Which is why they can sit back. He's not a UFA. He's not even an RFA. He's got two more years on his contract, and he's 23 years old. They don't have to trade him. Yeah, really not even both Did they say deals. he was available. I have Who? no idea. Chicago, like, why is he? Why I don't even know why he's such a commodity. Like. I guess they maybe said he was available for some reason or when there's smoke, there's fire usually, but like Chicago, again, they can rebuild. Okay. So easily they can hold on to him though. Yeah. What do you want as part of your rebuilds? Yeah. I don't know. It's weird to me as well. So they, they don't have to trade him if they don't get a package. They're like, okay, that's going to help expedite this rebuild. That's going to make us better three or four years from now. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy they could keep. And then, you know, two years from now when he's in the final year of his contract, they could look to trade him. Right. But 
I, I think that this trade is one of those things where both teams, the Coyotes and Blackhawks, could get a better package. Yeah, I love the yeah, creativity, I but uh, I, I'm just not sure. Yeah, I'm just not sure it works out for anybody. Points for creativity. If I'm the Hurricanes, I do it in a heartbeat, though. Yeah. Sorry, know. I've got to scroll through a lot of arguing in our mentions now. <laughs> Here's a funny one from at Whiskey Tuna. Let's go, Canes. Get Morgan Geeky, and the Kraken get 250 cases of R&D Brewing Storm Brew and a signed eight by ten Varvier. Where's I'll the- do it for Flurry. I'll do it for Flurry. No, you didn't even add Pizza Hut to that. What the hell? That's all right. Uh, let's see. Somebody mentioned that they want to try and get Josiah Slavin from here. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Make sure you keep slaving in town, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's all of the ones that we have. There, there were a few, like I said, joke ones, like trades for Connor McDavid. And I'm like, you know, guys, like, I don't know. I'm not going to shit on people. You know, I will I, admit, I, wait, Sarah Sivian's I... mailbag, I did say we'd trade our worst prospects in a fifth round pick for Connor McDavid. Yeah, I found I found this one a little interesting. Hear me out on this. So Michael O'Neill at Irish Guy eight two eight two, he suggested Marty Natchez, Vincent Trocheck, Ethan Bear, and our twenty twenty three first for Connor McDavid. And one guy Edmonton responded to that no. and said, "I hope you're kidding." And he's a Hurricanes fan, so I think he's implying that I hope you're kidding that you're not going to trade all of that for Connor McDavid. And no way, he meant that. I, I that's what kidding. I think. You There's know, no that, way. that's how. That's how I it's coming know, across. <laughs> <laughs> He's not That's good defensively. Team. Why would you do that? He doesn't need to be. <laughs> yeah, no, if the Hurricanes realistically called the Edmonton Oilers front office and offered them that deal, I think you would audibly hear their their entire management group's laughs from around the world. I you know think I mean? if that trade happened... The NHL would veto it. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't think yeah, the NHL sure. would veto it. Yeah, I think would. the entire like city of Edmonton, and maybe even well, Cal in Calgary, there'd be like celebrations, you know. <laughs> but the entire city of Edmonton would be up in flames. Yeah, I think Don Waddell would be arrested <laughs> for absolute larceny, grand <laughs> larceny. Um. Yeah, I don't see it happening. You know, we've still got, I mean, just under two weeks till the trade deadline. Anything could happen, but I think that's going to do it for this one. Solid episode this week. And Alex, once again, thank you for gracing us with your presence. We're really excited that you're back. Thank you for bringing me back, gentlemen. It's nice to be back. As always, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I mean... If there's one thing that's a guarantee, you know this statement will not be traded at the trade deadline. It's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.